Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underschätzt. Over underrated. Hello, music fans. This is the latest episode of Over Underrated, and it's the first one with a special guest, my good friend Kate Ulvey, who I've known for a long time as we did a radio show together. On that radio show, we had a bit of a sound clash as Kate was big into punk and I was into indie and really not much else at the time. I've evolved since. So we thought she'd be a great guest to come and talk about overrated and underrated punk bands on today's episode. Check it out. Welcome to Over Underrated. Uh, this is the first episode we're recording in 2021. I am Babs, and how are you, Fran? I am fine. I am locked down and ready to go. And I believe that there's currently a bit of anarchy in the UK. Am I right? What a lovely segue into the topic for today, <laughs> which is punk. That's correct. And it's a special episode today as it's the first one we're recording with a special guest. So we're going to be discussing punk today with Kate Orvey or Catherine Orvey. I don't know which one you prefer. Okay. <laughs> I'm Kate to my friends. Okay. I'm Catherine when I'm trying to be professional. Okay, so are we making you professional? You know, because we're going to ask you to promote your podcast. So, oh, you guys are my friends. Okay, you're my friends now, it's, so it's fine. All right. Well, our special guest today is Kate Ulvey, my first ever co-host on a radio show. We met at the University of Warwick back in 2005 when we were placed randomly together to create a radio show and fast became friends despite having differing music tastes. And in fact, one of the main features on our radio show was one called Indie Versus Punk, where I would pick an indie song, Kate would pick a punk song, and we'd ask people to vote on which they think was the best. So I will now leave her to introduce herself further and talk about why she has chosen punk today and why she loves it so much. Kate, over to you. All right, hello. Hello, internet. You might recognise my dulcet tones from my podcast, which I have. It's called Straight Talking English, and it is the least punk thing maybe in the world ever because I researched the history behind school literature textbooks, and I tell you all about the history and context of your favourite textbooks because what is more punk rock than Charles Dickens? Um, I go by Catherine on that podcast because it's my uh, my professional-ish one, but we're, we're all buddies here. <laughs> uh, Barbara is absolutely correct. I was bitten by the punk rock bug when I was about 15. I believe thinking back in the mists of time this may have been the era of green day's minority i want to be a minority down with the moral majority because i want to be a minority and it's pretty easy to remember to be honest and it got me thinking a little bit about why do i see things slightly differently than older people than my mum and dad bless my mum and dad and my auntie and uncle my teachers why do a lot of things bother me? I'm a little bit cross about them. This is the year of the war on Iraq. Uh, no effects, war on errorism. 
And from getting a little bit of Green Day off my mate who lived down the road, it sort of just spiralled from there, to be honest. Most people had a goth phase or a punk phase when they were a teenager, but I'm 33 and I've never really grown out of it. Uh, In today's modern world, more than ever, I am reminded that a lot of things aren't very good. Lots of things are not very good at the moment. As as Babs has just mentioned, myself and Fran, we're in uh, No More Tears, uh, Johnson's No More Tears Shampoo New Year 2021, in which we are in full national lockdown. We have had a year of Black Lives Matter. We have a year of underfunded NHS. We have had a year of all kinds of rubbish things happening. And this is the point of which, if you've got an inner punk rocker, maybe they've got really cool hair like me. I don't know. This is an audio medium. You can't even see how cool my hair is. Or how cool her tattoos maybe. are, by the way, as well. Oh, I literally wore a really good shirt so you guys could see them today. Uh, maybe a little punk rocker inside you is thinking we could do a little bit better. Maybe you're thinking a lot of other people's music has too many chords. And in that case, you've probably been a little bit punk rock. Uh, for the record, my hair, cause my, my, the light in my living room isn't great. It's the colour of a yellow highlighter. It took me blimmin' ages. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have also tried my best to make myself a, a rockabilly-esque haircut here, guys. Oh, I I'm sorry. Yeah. I had no brooklyn. So I think Babs has kind of let us down. I really, I mean, I'm wearing liquid eyeliner, which is more than I wear for these recorders normally. But, uh, and I'm, I'm wearing a Kills t-shirt, which is, yeah, not very punk either. But, um, yeah. The, the Kills are quite punk. I mean, they, I guess they've got a sort of DIY ethos, right? You know, they used to record, um, you know, she lived in America, he lived in the UK. They'd send tapes over to each other. So that's that's the vibe I'm going for. But, um, but yeah, with, when it comes to punk, I have to say, I think it's one of those, you know, I like rock but it is one of those genres that I've never quite completely clicked with. I grew up in Luxembourg where it was actually quite a big subculture here. And I had an ex-boyfriend who got me into it and made me listen to a lot of, yeah, no effects, bouncing souls. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Hot water music. Hot water music, propaganda, etc. And I always found it interesting. And I always kind of, yeah, admire the DIY ethos and everything else, but I never, I never quite clicked with it, which is why I thought Kate would be a perfect perfect guest for today. Uh, Fran, what's your feeling about punk? Because I actually don't know either. I mean, it all depends on what you call punk. I mean, to me still, punk is where we're starting today in the 70s and mainly like that era. Obviously, when I was working, as I was mentioned, in retail, I was working with the modern day punkers who are into like the 90s American punk, which is a kind of a different beast. So I guess I'm more into like the clash and the jam and then say Rancid or, I don't know, Early Green Day. So I, obviously I, I don't mind um, punk, but I'm not into Black Flag or like the hardcore punk. So if it's, you know, if it's classic rock punk, I'm on board. And if it's pop punk, I'm kind of on board. Well, Mr. Fran, you have touched upon one of the biggest punk controversies of all time. We in london uh specifically the magical world of south london from which i am i am from but not currently sitting in we believe that we invented punk rock however new york believe that they invented punk rock and this is it's somewhat of a friendly divide such as you know man U, man city a friendly rivalry uh but yeah a lot of people would say uh punk is a different beast the other side of the Atlantic 
and a lot of people would say no we all have a shared love of kicking things but not spitting on people not in this day and age oh sweet jesus no (laughs) that's my clash fact of the day by the way that was the thing joe strummer used to hate most about being in the clash is getting spat on because he once got hepatitis off of it oh lovely it's the grimmest thing you can think of, isn't it? Yeah, I guess if, if you're going from like the New York Dolls and Stooges being the, the mecca of punk, I guess you kind of say you know, Americans got there first. But the punk, like the classic punk, I, mean, I think you've got to look at the UK, don't you? You, that sound. you do. Um, Iggy Pop would, I don't know if he'd call him, I don't know if he'd call himself a punk, but I would say he is one. Hmm. But yeah, like, I mean, I focused on European European punk today, um, not just English speaking, as I was moaning via WhatsApp. Um, I'm kind of just leaving America on its own. But yeah, Fran, it's interesting that you said that you were into pop punk because I actually wrote down that I think pop punk is one of my least favourite genres. <laughs> I think I like my punk when it goes a bit artier, a bit like, you know, the Clash and the Jam, like you say, also the Stranglers, you know, who started off very yeah. and then went way way off but pop punk is difficult for me to grasp because generally I prefer I've said this before I think I prefer pop to pop rock I think when when it comes to that I, I prefer it normally and given that punk is not a genre that I like so much I think pop punk can can sometimes great would you not say that the subways have a foot in pop punk no because <laughs> I like them really? <laughs> I'm just saying, I think, oh yeah, could be a pop, I don't know, a pop punk song maybe, but hey, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, hurt your feelings. <laughs> Listen, you've hurt my feelings way worse before now. <laughs> I, I would say that for me, it's about minor and major keys and oh yeah, I think isn't a minor key, you know, it, it's not in a melodic key to overuse <laughs> a word that we probably say every single episode. But yeah, it was it was interesting listening to Kate's choices because I think it's the first time where I've really kind of actually sat down to analyze punk. I feel like it was something that people always try to kind of get me into um, something that's a bit more kind of in the background that I'm interested in kind of intellectually more than kind of emotionally. So it was very interesting to, to kind of sit down and analyze it is, is what I felt. Overrated. So, Kate, who have you chosen for your overrated band today? My overrated band are the Sex Pistols. Uh The thing about the Sex Pistols is that nobody I know actually likes them. And I've got friends into folk punk, classic punk, like anarcho-punk. I literally was having a beer with a guy who was involved in the DIY punk scene in like the 80s who's also my neighbour called Steve I have yet to meet a single person who actually listens to them for fun and I find that really weird because you know this great this seminal band uh saying huge influence on everybody I, I don't actually know anyone who who likes them it's so weird they in some ways, what we sort of have to separate their image and them as like a product, them as an icon, and their music. So, if we take them as um, as a concept, 
they are unlike anything else at the time. They are, to quote historian Ian Kershaw, a sui generis, a unique phenomenon, which he actually used to describe Hitler. That was not intentional but it's a good phrase i was about to say you're raising the tone of our podcast by quoting a historian but then you talked about hitler so you know things and roundabouts well we're going to come back to hitler later (laughs) oh yeah we are yeah oh god (laughs) and they are unlike anything else people who have been at their shows have said it was unlike anything else in the world they all of most of that reputation hilariously comes from them saying fuck and shit so they were invited on a program called today and they were playing like this is a band here today to play their song and the presenter said like oh they said can we swear and the presenter's like yeah go on and swear and they're like literal teenagers and they're like all right then and like i don't know if you guys have ever tried to stop a teenager doing something but if you tell them not to, they literally want to do it on the world. And because this is the 70s, this whole attitude comes from there. The other thing about the Sex Pistols that I think is overrated is they are allegedly as manufactured as One Direction. According to Shane McGowan from The Pogues in his autobiography, he basically said that the Sex Pistols would go along to see bands, see what people were wearing in the audience and what their song sounded like. They'd run back to uh, Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren. And then like the next day it would be available for sale. They are allegedly commercial pre-packaged, like the opposite of One Direction rather than like appealing to hormonal teenage girls. They're supposed to be like the boy your hormonal teenage daughter brings home and then you kick out the house like 50% outrage in terms of if we're keeping things literally musical yeah it is unlike anything else of its time yeah it is incredibly like stripped back but it's just not very good okay so before we we start getting into the songs um so Fran what was your view on on the Sex Pistols before you listened to the selection I have seen a Sex Pistol in the flesh (gasps) Where? When? How? I I have seen Glenn Matlock playing Ooh. Borders. If I remember border, Borders? Yeah. In about 2005, no. he did a solo show downstairs in Borders in Bournemouth. And he did an acoustic show. And he ended up playing Anakin in the UK. So I have seen the original person who wrote it. And saying they were manufactured is, is one of the reasons why he was kicked out. Because he just didn't look like a sex pistol. And Sid Vicious, he fit the bill. Even though he can play a, a note. And what was it? What was it like? What's in Gillen Matlock? Yeah. I mean, I started a band straight away, just like when people <laughs> saw the Sex Pistols back in '76. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a tick the box exercise, so I can say I saw a legend. Um, but yeah, Sex Pistols. Do you know what? I've never ever in my life listened to the whole album apart from today. I've no always, one has. I've always known the three singles. I think I think Danny Baker said that punk was amazing at the time. But who goes back and listens to any of those punk records from the 70s? Oh. No one does. Maybe The Clash. But yeah, I mean, it, it was just a part of that era. And it did a lot for music. But yeah, musically, no one's putting on the first damn record now, really. No. Yeah, I, I, I think I really actually only knew the two main songs, Anarchy in the UK 
uh, and God Save the Queen, I realized, I was like, surely I'll know more. Nope, I didn't. The rest was was kind of a complete surprise to me. And yeah, I think like Kate, I don't know anyone who was a huge Sex Pistols fan for more than, I'm going to say like two months. It's like they'd be really into them for that much, really probably get into the story of them. And, and like you say, the, the product of the Sex Pistols and what they wore and what they stood for. Um, more than anything else so yeah it was it was a really it was a really interesting experience especially to dive down deeper into the the demo album that came before the main one because so a lot of the songs that you provided Kate there's a never mind the bollocks here's a sex pistols version and then a version from spunk which was from the yeah. same year right so what what can you tell us about that album because I'd never heard of it actually quite bad is this the first time you've ever said uh, spunk in public <laughs> I mean, brace it. It's the first time this year, Fran. Let's say that. (laughs) I would say it is. It's a bootleg. Mm -hmm. It's not official, um, because they, as far as I know, they literally recorded these studio demos, um, and then like didn't do anything about it, and then just sat on it. Like that was it. McLaren's company owns all the right to these demos so we could say this was like mclaren's first sort of preparing to release them into the world is do like your soft release uh with spunk and see how it goes but with a lot of these things it gets repackaged as a night as a nice little dealy deal later on in life but yeah so yeah uh, it's both the same it's the same because so there's god save the queen which is known as no future and yeah. in the uk which is known as nookie which i did not expect to get images of fred durst when i was listening to this I yeah <laughs> and then there's no feelings oh never mind and feelings hyphen no feelings from spunk okay so i have to say and this is i'm gonna say pretty typical me I way preferred every single Spunk version. <laughs> That's a sentence you hear me say very often. I preferred every single Spunk version compared to the Nevermind the Bollocks one. It was way raw, way more interesting, less poppy, maybe. Uh, I was really surprised by how much how different they were and how much more I enjoyed it. Is what about you, Fran? The, uh, the bass lines are far better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know me. I love a good bass line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- <laughs> I was just going to say, you even liked the Sex Pistols before they were cool, buds. <laughs> Peak hipster. Peak fucking hipster. Yeah. Peak. <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't tell too much difference between um, God Save the Queen. Yeah. So when I was listening to this just on Bluetooth, on Bluetooth, I thought, oh, is this the same song again? Like, as a, as a mistake. And then I realised it was a, a different a producer, a different studio version. Yeah. But um, yeah, later on, like, I can hear um, Anakin UK, the spunk version was quite different yeah it's not for me it wasn't a massive difference i was surprised about we'll probably get later on about the uh the lost demos because i could literally not even recognize live and vocal was it him singing yeah because it sounds completely different doesn't it when he doesn't record i don't know what the like the opposite of voice training is like smoking i think it's i can't tell if he's either hit the booze we've had a lot of cigarettes in between like i honest i honestly would say like the opposite of voice training like voice slackening because <laughs> yeah, i thought hang on is this like 
yeah. later on when Sid Vicious or Steve Jones took the mic or something because literally could not recognize him at all but hey yeah um either that or someone's sort of taught him to enunciate like how now brown cow and like maximizing the jaw to like get it out there uh I wouldn't put it past Matlock to be honest so with these um demos, McLaren sorry got no beef with Matlock with these demos was this to sort of like show off a different style like with these songs you chose, um, were they to prove that they're overrated or were they just wanting to, to show a rainbow of sex pistols? I wanted to show you, I, I mean, you would think right on paper, a Sex Pistols raw demo of, from the 70s would be like the punkest thing ever. But actually, they were like one packaged commercial album is exactly the same so it's going to bring up this point of like is it the same as the raw punkest thing ever or is it just like the powers that be took something that was reasonably authentic and then just like put a nice little bow on it and put it in some wrapping paper to try and market it to young people who are annoyed about the ira yeah yeah that's the thing because although i prefer and i keep saying this i preferred spunk i can see that the music from spunk isn't as let's say original as the way that it was produced for, for Never That Mind the Box. It sounds different to what was going on at the time. So, so yeah, it was really interesting to see that. And yeah, I, I was expecting, okay, that every single song you were going to pick was going to be from, from, from Never Mind the Bollocks. Um, as well as the ones that we've just mentioned, there's also Holidays in the Sun, which had interesting lyrics. He's like criticizing poverty yes, tourism. did. What is that about? I, <laughs> I wrote that down. Like, it's, you know, like, okay the cliche now of like your misery tourism yeah or you know you're the white savior i'm gonna spend my gap yard saving people he's acknowledging it even as far back as the um the blimmin 70s the rise of your uh club 18 to 30 all-inclusive package for someone who hasn't really been outside very much it's a spot-on one from you there johnny very nice yeah i, I really enjoyed those lyrics as well um whereas no feelings like it it was like i don't know the precursor to reagan or something because it's like the most individualistic like i love my so what what are the lyrics i'm in love with myself myself my beautiful self i have no feeling no feeling for anybody else and i was like okay well that is that punk because is that rejecting kind of society's shackles or is that kind of the precursor to neoliberalism <laughs> and and a view of what john johnny rotten was going to be like in the 2020s it also oh, has a guitar solo as well. Do you notice that? Yeah. It seems very unpunk for the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw it as like being a weird self-harm thing. Like, <laughs> my narcissism is justifying my self-harm. And there, there was like, it's one of the things which is actually quite problematic about the punk community. And I mean, like, where do we blimmin' start? But um, yeah, self-harm was very normalised in early punk scenes as being like this rebellious act rather than how it would be seen now and i just took it as um one of their sketchier moments of uh, somewhat promoting self-harm okay i guess i didn't know about that so that's that's not how i interpreted it i thought it was just really like an ode to individualism yeah what did you think fran well i know that matlock um didn't like the lyrics for most of the sex pistol songs this is another reason why he wanted to leave <laughs> but i guess what what johnny rotten or Lydon was like 19 years old so you know when you're 19 you want to be a bit controversial don't you? especially when he's in a, a band called the sex pistols so i'm pretty sure that's part of it 
Oh uh, yeah, I, I never heard Nate Finney before. The only songs I knew was the three singles, which is God Save the Queen, and in the UK and Holidays in the Sun, Stroke in the City by the Jam. It sounds exactly the same. <laughs> it really does. Um, I also Pretty Vacant. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah, I mean it's a thinly, thinly disguised uh, cast, depending on where you put your your intonation on that one. It's that one cover that one album that's the that's it basically over underrated so outside of those you also included what was my favorite track i want to be me which seems to be a, a b-side to anarchy in the uk i wrote great baseline and it, it wasn't even in Spunk, right? So, yeah, do you know more about the history of that song and why it was included as a B-side but not in any, anywhere else? I had a feeling it was a cover. It is very mysterious. It's generally, not very much is known about it. The only other mention of that song is by 1950s Black Artist. So a lot of original first wave punk was involved in the rock against racism movement and you get things like um pressure drop by the clash which is a cover of toots and the matals or um brand new cadillac which is a cover of like an old 50s song vince taylor um so you get these like really eclectic influences frequently black musicians uh being brought in as a as an influence which is my vibe of where that's coming from however it could be to do with the rock and roll swindle yes uh where you put my way <laughs> which is a cover version of the frank sinatra song and a fucking weird Bab, one as Bab, well. is, that, is that your first time you've ever heard it and my way <laughs> no, no, that, that's quite well known in the uk that cover the cover no, that was the first oh, time wow. i heard it i thought i was losing my mind i was just <laughs> no. like what how is he singing because it, it, it starts one way and i was like am i really gonna have to listen to like however long it is, yes. three and a half minutes of this. And then it kind of goes into like a Sex Pistols-esque cover, you would think. And then I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. And yeah, I'd never heard of the great rock and roll swindle or the Filth and the Fury, which is like the, the answer film that comes afterwards because yeah, it yeah. seems that it's a film about the Sex Pistols, but Johnny Rotten didn't want to be involved and Glenn Matlock also only appears in, in archive footage. So yeah, I mean, you're also the film buff, Fran. So did you, did you know about this, I imagine? Yeah, it's like one of those like, Every time people talk about the punk movement, if there's a punk night on Channel 4, they will have to show that film and they will have to have Sid Vicious in a, in a, a white suit singing My Way in it. It's, it's like the, it's the most cliche sort of image of punk rock in the 1970s. So yeah, I knew that version. And I think they tried to uh, make Sid Vicious a solo star post-Sex Pistols. Obviously that was cut, cut off quite soon for reasons. Again, my again the links to One Direction, they tried to make a Harry Styles, but they uh, let him have too much smack uh basically um you can't have a marketable solo artist who you're just like have some heroin <laughs> i will say though the the song my way according to wikipedia has been reported to cause numerous incidents of violence and homicides among, among drunkards in bars in the philippines yep. There is a radio show about this. Uh, that's a very nice thing, actually. So there's a there's a one-off radio show about this by Gabriel Ibulu, who does a three-track podcast, where he went to the Philippines to try and investigate 
you know, if it really was causing suicides and murders, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so is karaoke illegal in that country? No, oh, nice. it, it's not illegal. But I, I think from what I remember of the program, it's just like very often people who would be singing it, it would be with kind of like an intent, you know, to kind of show up someone else and then they'd get into an argument and, you know, fights would ensue and, and, and stuff like that. It's really, it's really weird. I really recommend checking it out. I think it's a BBC uh, show. I, I, if I if I find it, I'll I'll add it to the show now. Apparently, there is um there is a dig at uh, John Lydon in uh, Sid's version of My Way. Apparently, he says he refers to a prat who wears hats, and that is his beef with his former mate. You would think, considering how many cussings there are in that cover, he could have thought of a little bit more of a not more of a fiery one than Pratt. We still haven't mentioned Belson as a gas and I really want to talk about it because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Okay, so Belson was a gas, which is on uh, uh, Nevermind the Bollocks reissue. I wrote down, is this a precursor to 4chan and controversial humour? Because it, it basically yeah. seems like little boys going like, let's be like, you know, make jokes about Jewish people. It's, and It's supposed it, to be funny. Like it's it's supposed to be dark humor, and it is literally written yeah. just to essentially be controversial to like get the media inches and annoy older people. Uh, when John Lydon grew up a bit, he called it a nasty, silly little thing. Uh it's it is just four chan. Um, he apparently, or Lester Bangs, the famous music critic, said the ending of Johnny Rotten shouting for people to end their own lives is one of the most frightening things he's ever heard. It is. You're absolutely right. Your interpretation is correct. Yes. What did you think, Fran? I mean, I'm surprised you heard lyrics. I just, it, 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 I mean, I will sound like a grandpa. It does sound like a lot of noise to me, and I spritz my head <laughs> off. It just it could be any band, any punk band I've ever heard in my entire life, like, like, is that the Sex Pistols? I, I, I just thought it was nonsense. I'm just switched off. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, so I, I went on Wikipedia because I was so confused. Um, and he still played it when he was in PIL or PIL. Yeah, um, public image, yeah. But yeah, it says, oh, you know, it's been covered by these people, these people, and the neo-Nazi skinhead band No Remorse. So I'm like, yeah, have we, have probably we done not. Have at all on this podcast? Have we, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't covered them yet, have we? Oh, we haven't covered oh, Fran, we should do a special episode. Let's do neo-Nazi as a theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> um, I would say, um, considering, so I, I just found this hilarious, the, the bad things that the, um, the protagonist says they're going to do in Anarchy in the UK is stop a traffic line and destroy the passerby. So basically, like, smack a stranger and stand in the middle of the road and that's like <gasps> oh you know I shall clutch my pearls and then we go straight into Belson was a gas which is offensive to um I would just say everybody <laughs> not even specifically anti-semitic it's just offensive to like everyone with ears and, and to the ears yeah <laughs> just people but it's yeah that just that uh, leaping controversy yeah that was that was I mean again I get thinking about it it shouldn't surprise me, but it did, I guess, because you know about the myth of the Sex Pistols and you think that 
you know, they, they were pushing the envelope against kind of conservatism and, and prudity, but this is, this is not that. This is, you know, people who want to be offensive for the sake of it, and it doesn't add much else. You know, they also mentioned Belson, I think, in... Um, yeah uh holidays in the sun and there it's it's in a completely different context i wasn't gonna mention my day job because i want to pretend i'm cool uh but like many creative professionals i have to have a day job in order to pay the bills um my day job is i work with uh young people who aren't in education for whatever reason maybe vex offenders asylum seekers health issues whatever there's a reason them and a school are not a thing but uh, i i was a classroom teacher before that honest to god i don't feel like any of my 17 year old students if you gave them elite like vast quantities of alcohol money and put them in the national media I don't know if any of them would resist saying bad words in order to get a little bit of attention to be honest I feel like someone should have just given them a hot cocoa and told them to have a little sit down and they might have done a bit better uh I, I don't think my students would have done would have done much better I mean praise me wrong if you're listening guys but also you shouldn't listen to this podcast it's got swearing in <laughs> regarding the sex pistols are they overrated as in like if I put on the album today and listen to it would I rate it or are they overrated as the whole Shabir or the Sex Pistol world? They overrated in the sense that um, if someone handed you a copy of Nevermind the Bollocks, they'd probably say, oh, it's this iconic album. Oh, you know, like it changed the face of modern music. And you'd listen to it and be like, what? How? Why? Like, you can't... That is why I would say they're overrated. Well, in that case, yeah, I mean, apart from three or four tracks, it's fine. It's just a fine punk album and it doesn't deserve... It's, it's fine. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the Rolling Stones put it in the top 500 albums of all time. But is that them thinking, oh, but they're such a defining band, guys? So, yeah, but musically, musically, it's just a fine punk but with a few decent singles. Well, I guess it's like what Kate said at the beginning of Live, probably. They're one of the one of the great bands and that's it like you know the album can only capture so much of that and even the live versions can only capture so much of that because yeah the quality is so bad and the the voices are kind of illegible but yeah I I would agree with you Kate that they are overrated with the caveat that despite musically being overrated you you, you can't really separate them from what they stood for and, and how they did influence music moving forward yeah we all agree over underrated so that's the end of part one. It's really interesting to hear Kate talk about the Sex Pistols like that. I don't think we'd ever discussed it in that level of detail. When I was listening back to this episode, I realised that there are actually a few punk bands that I'm into. Actually, at one point, Fran says, no one listens to the first damned record anymore. Actually, I do, Fran, thank you very much. So I wanted to take this midsection to shout out the damned and shout out the dead Kennedys who are really good. I also like Fugazi, but I don't really know what they stand on that punk thing. We didn't get around to talking about that. But I digress. Let's move on into part two of Over Underrated, where we're talking German punk from East Berlin. Underrated. So we uh, move on to your next choice. Uh, yes. 
And I don't know if you guys are completely ready for how much awesomeness I am going to throw in your way. <laughs> oh, ready. I'm, I'm very ready. You ready? You ready? Ready? Okay. okay. So your All underrated right. pick is... They're called Mad Sin, M-A-D-S-I-N, and they are from Berlin. Now, I believe this is a conversation you have I have had many times over the years, Fabs. Um, British people not being aware of non-English speaking artists. Mad Sin are the example of this. So a lot of modern punks of many different punk subgenres will cite Madsen as being a really big influence. They are not really famous outside Germany. I saw them once, and they are... Partly the reason no one's heard them outside Germany is they're incredibly mysterious. I saw them once as a last-minute support, and so there was supposed to be one support band um, playing with this good punk band, but uh, they got stopped at the border because they've all got criminal records because why? So Madsen were persuaded to come over and support. Absolutely tremendous live band. Like, I cannot fully describe the energy that they brought to it. Their singer, who I'm going to call, his real name is Marius, but um, we're going to call him Kirfter. His uh, stage name is Kirfter Deville, uh, as in the devil's kebab. Uh He's a, he is a big guy. He is our big man. An absolute unit, yeah. He is an absolute unit. Uh, Kiefta throws himself around the stage and it is this combination of like just energy and huge dudes just flinging himself and the voice. It's just brilliant. And I obviously I want to see them again. But they don't tour. They booked one date in England since that day in my entire life and they cancelled it there was a two-line message on Facebook saying we have had to cancel because the guitarist has had a heart attack full stop I mean that do they are very difficult to find out about so Madsen have been going since 1988 they were originally school dropouts who played in the squats of east berlin very illegally uh the singer kefter his parents were like zedlist east german celebrities his dad was a one-hit wonder with a song and his mum was in a daytime soap opera and this is where i was mentioning earlier i had to translate this from german he dropped out of school at 11 because he preferred to spend his days fighting people <laughs> but age 14 he decided he was over that and moved into uh, a squat populated by what he called underground freaks. He says his parents were confused by that choice. Not condemning him, just confused. Uh, the way they talk, the way Kiefer talks in interviews, um, they mix in English and German interchangeably. Uh, well, he'll do like three words in German, three words in English. So I'll make it clear when he said things in English and it's not my sketch translations. Um, he persuaded his best mate from school to drop out when he was 14 as well. That's Tex, the guitarist. And they were actual buskers. However, once they'd saved up enough money busking to afford some amps, they cut their uh, first album, Thrills and Spills, in uh, The Dimension of Madsen. 
they've now recorded 14 albums to varying levels of sanity. They, there were 10 years hiatus between albums. Uh, two of the last ones um, that I sent you, Toten Zeitung, Leben Langer, and uh, Moon Over Berlin, are from their album that came out in September. There was a 10 year delay because they wanted to take 10 years off recording. Okay, cool. But also not have jobs or do anything. Just take 10 years to drop out. I don't know how Kefta and the band survived. They travelled around Europe not having jobs or recording or using money. And apparently, periodically, the band would receive voicemails from Kefta detailing parts of songs. After 10 years, they tracked him down to Catalonia <laughs> and recorded an album in one week. Uh, they have concluded that they, they will be doing a club show after the pandemic. Now, you guys might think I'm making it up that they're big in Germany and like, how can people this frankly, beautifully mental be this famous, but we haven't heard of them. There was a version of it in the UK. Uh, it's one of these like reality shows where celebrities have to try different things, right? And there was where there was one in the UK where like, celebrities had to learn to be like classical musicians yeah, like, or like something. Fake, yeah. it yeah 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 so Goldie had to this... be a composer or no a conductor or something like that I, I remember that yeah yeah so the German one they had these classical musicians a flute player and an oboe player and they had to meet up with famous bands of different genres and work with them to reimagine a classical piece so I guess the equivalent in the UK would be like getting like some Mozart and going to Kylie or something like a household name. And the whole point is like the genres are different. They went to Madsen <laughs> in their Kreuzberg squat studio and did Beethoven's fifth. This is why, this is where this documentary has come from because there's enough star power in this band for it to be an hour of mainstream German telly. I'll, I'll shut up in a bit, guys, sorry. I've <laughs> got about them all day. And um, they are what we call psychobilly. Now, let me take you back in time, children, into where two of our great ancestors, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, decided, like, they went up into the spirits in the sky and came back down in the form of rain and landed on some punks' heads. Uh, Basically, punk has always had this big country influence. And part of being punk is not being afraid of saying things. So a lot of bands, especially American bands, became very open, like we grew up listening to country. That kind of evolved into, well, if we all like country and we're also punks, why don't we do like country songs in like a punk style? All right, well, why don't we do like 1950s rockabilly, Buddy Holly songs in a punk style? And that kind of became what we would now call psychobilly. Uh, if you ask, I will be the only psychobilly person that you know. We are not a large crowd. Basically, songs, country and rockabilly songs, uh, but they're, everyone's dead and it's horror and it's done the punk style. There's about 10 big name bands. There's a festival every year in Spain. Like, it is a big deal. Uh, it's more of a big deal in Spain and Sweden. Uh, than it is here but Madsen are they headline they headline festivals in Japan they are the world's best 
psychobilly, punk, general all-round insane band whose singer may or may not be homeless that you have never heard of. Seriously, I think he's homeless. <laughs> wow. What an introduction. Absolutely tremendous. Absolutely tremendous band. Okay. Well, yeah. Is it, how do you say it? Kofta? Kofta. Uh, Kofta. Like, okay. like corner. Kofta, like, yeah. So Kofta, um, if you ever, you know, do a Kickstarter or something, let, let us know. And we'll if you're there. homeless, you can live on my houseboat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So In the corner it. with your gerbils. But yeah. saying that, you can live... I mean, their 2020 album, it sounds quite polished, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah, it sound does. like these are guys in the squat. It sounds like, uh, I put it down, it sounds like a proper like radio-friendly sound. They are tremendously talented. Yeah, I'm really glad you picked them, Kate, because they're definitely a band I'd heard of, but could, could not have named anything by them, didn't even realise that they were German. And I have texted you in the past being like, Kate, can you send me some Psychobilly recommendations, please? Yeah. So this was brilliant. Got them, got them all in one. And I was going to ask you what the difference kind of was and where where yeah. punk starts and psychobilly ends. And you've explained that, which is which is great. If it's got an upright base, it's psychobilly. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, I absolutely loved this playlist. I love. I I think there was not one song I disliked, which is very unusual for this podcast. Um, yeah, and I was just really surprised at the breadth of genres really because there's definitely some songs that are way more country some songs that are not you know they're, they're a bit punkier they very often take unexpected turns so there's a lot of songs where I'd, like, I'd start listening and it would be very popular and be like oh yeah I don't think I'd like this but then a weird guitar side would come in or some woman would come in doing uh harmonies and I was like oh okay no I'm I, I'm back in so yeah I, I I loved it what did you think Fran? I was a bit apprehensive um, <laughs> I, I do know some fans of. I mean, are they quite different to Misfits? Would you say, um, Catherine? I Misfits, uh, Cramps are their biggest influence, mm. probably. Misfits, yeah, more twiddly diddly Misfits, but definitely the same. Family. And the same sort of look isn't visually. They got a similar sort of vibe. Yeah, really similar. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was, I was surprised about. I you know, Babs hates this word pop they sounded i mean i wouldn't mm. really say that they would, would would be punk apart from his vocal style the actual music behind it isn't punk a lot of time i mean i, th mm. I think moon over berlin sounds like big country the 80s band <laughs> with those guitar lines moon, yeah, yeah, moon yeah, over yeah, berlin. Yeah. it sounds like i keep thinking big in the big country dun, dun, dun. so yeah i'm this close to designing a tattoo based on that song oh, really depending on how long lockdown lasts to be honest <laughs> and i enjoy his history teaching i've got no idea what the song's about yep. but it's nice hearing his uh 84 and 85 uh <laughs> i think uh so there's 1984 1989 1992 i think there's civil unrest oh really so it's proper history I... yeah I, that's what i wrote down i was like catchy ditty about berlin's history um yeah it's yeah it's so this area, Kreuzberg, where they all lived, it used to be like, just think Shoreditch. Like it used to be proper sketch, but it's now a little bit hipster. Mm -hmm. If there was civil unrest, I imagine the band were probably joining in. Happily, it's a nice thing to do in an evening. And I guess you said they formed in 88, right? Which is just before yeah. the Berlin Wall came down. And they were based in East Germany. So that, but yeah, it's funny that you say that that one was really pop, Frank, because I wrote punk, rockabilly and country in one. I, I felt it was kind of everything. And with a lot of songs, I felt it was everything, but it somehow worked. 
Yeah, my question is, you know, you said they're mysterious. Hell yeah. I mean, I kept trying to find out who the female vocalist was. Yeah. On... Oh, um, it's Patricia Day. Oh, yeah, is it? Okay, I literally couldn't find it. It's a game for YouTube, everything. So, um, on the studio recording, her name is Patricia Day. Mm-hmm. Um, she was... Um, she is a tattoo artist who is married to the singer of a... Uh, a very famous Danish psychobilly band called Necromantics. Uh, her and her husband went on tour um, many years ago in a band called The Horror Pops. Um, she she is now, as far as I know, a full-time tattoo artist and photographer, and she is the, the girl in Dead Moon. In the live version, it's a lady from a band called Bonsai Kitten, um, but I don't know any more than that. They're, it's so mysterious. And obsessed with moons, as as you said. So you've got Moon Over Berlin, Dead Moon, which is from the album called Dead Moon's Calling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there's a few more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, I also know Babs is a big uh, fan of your vision. And I thought Shine the Light could be a German oh, entry. For, oh my God, I think I made the same note. A Wackabilly entry for your vision. Oh no, yes! no, not, not for that one. I wrote, that was, that was, I think actually the one I liked the least because I wrote, it's far too country and sincere for me. <laughs> but it was a very unexpected ballad. But I think I wrote Eurovision somewhere. To- oh, no, maybe I didn't. Yeah. Shine uh, a light on me. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like Eurovision is good enough for Madsen. <laughs> there you go. I'm unacceptable. If it's good enough for Lordy, yeah. it's good enough for Madsen. <laughs> yeah, I actually, okay, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> Uh, although today, like I only watched for the first time because um, the KLF are back on streaming platforms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'd never actually watched the Brit performance of the KLF and Extreme Noise Terror, and I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's more Madsen's vibe than uh, than Eurovision. This is the thing; they are, as far as I can tell, just genuinely very nice people. They, when in this show with the classical musicians, they. Like they kind of set them up. They're like, here's the sheet music for this symphony, like expecting to laugh at them. And then they all very sincerely turn to the bass player and were like, you can read sheet music, right? Can you help us out with this so we can do it properly? I was like, oh. (laughs) They're, They're punks, but they're nice punks, even though they also like punching people. Many layers. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Catherine, would you say that the song Cursed is their bigger single? I saw it had like three million views on YouTube and it seems quite like... Uh, Cursed and Communication break down their biggest Mm. singles. Um, Cursed is... um, It's really old. I didn't pick it because I don't think it's very good. You know, sometimes like a band uh, like Sloop John B for the Beach Boys, Mm. they have that one single that's not necessarily... um, representative of the rest of their output it, it's like that yeah, um golden brown for the stranglers or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because I, my least favorite of the playlist was nine lives which also seems to be one of the most successful songs as well yeah nine lives um that as far as i can tell they decided to leave east berlin to do a psychobilly festival in texas so Texas, Spain, Finland, Sweden, and Melbourne 
in Australia are like the only places where psychobilly lives. They went to Texas and basically got bored and decided to pretend to be Johnny Cash. I like that song. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually with Fran on that one. I wrote, is this extra psychobilly Johnny Cash? It's fine. I was, I was looking at like, which were my favorite songs. And I think most of them are actually from their latest album, Unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all very different. So you've got Unbreakable. You've got, okay, yeah, Shine a Light. I didn't like that one so much. But Moon Over Berlin and, oh God, Toten Zagte Leben Lange. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. Oh, it means um, essentially it's the same as like, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Ah, okay. So I, I guessed because, yeah, I think literally translated, it's like, we pronounced dead no no sorry the the lyrics at the beginning are we have been pronounced dead a thousand times so i presume that this was quite a sort of tongue-in-cheek analysis of them as a band it's um no it's um uh you can teach an old dog new tricks would be okay. the closest things but literally toked and sucked and um like dead things and <laughs> um, yeah they also did the cover of uh madness's house of fun and made it deeply deeply terrifying which it already is it's about a child who visits a brothel but you don't know that we'll be listening to that song with the lyrics in front of me next time <laughs> but i just wanted to treat you guys to uh my reading of the lyrics to fur emma very good because the with Turton's actor i could find the lyrics with fur emma i couldn't so i was hoping you'd, you'd tell us what on earth it's about so Turton's actor ligna lama Turton's actor leben langer is um much faster um I was moaning to Barbara earlier. I haven't translated in a year. Um, my German's quite good, but the only translating I've done recently is for um, my students who've got German as a first language. So I'm like, so, für immer. I'm, f- I'm following you through a selection of horrific scenery. He says things like green like slime and cold stones and pointy mountains even though my heart is warm the snow is cold even the ghosts have run away but vampires are hunting me whoa we're dead forever we'll never be free i can't explain we're dead forever the last star is in the horrible sky like literally schlecht horrible it's burning like my soul you were always rotten, but never boring. He actually uh, rhymed horrible with horrible. So I just put rotten, but never boring. My antidepressants are great and I don't want to go back. I'll stand here with some demons and struggle through it with my bandmates. Whoa, we're dead forever. We'll never be free. I can't explain. We're dead forever. Mic drop. Very good. Very good. So good. Um, <laughs> no, because um, they have this mix of English and German. It's this Prozac ist immer deluxe. So my Prozac is always deluxe, which isn't German. That's just Madsen being weird. My Prozac is always deluxe. Nice. They should do adverts for it. I am quite possibly going to write that next time I ask for a prescription. I'm going to say, I want my deluxe Prozac. <laughs> I mean, surely they need to be on some sort of zombie movie soundtrack. I 
that would be too that would not be mysterious that, enough. people might find them they're almost pop yeah. so i mean they're not, they're not that mysterious Honestly, I think when the pandemic's over and I'm able to go on holiday, I fully anticipate just seeing them sleeping on a park bench. <laughs> you know, quite like I like I I've been to Berlin quite a few times recently for work, and I stay with my friend in Kreuzberg, and it really is much nicer these days. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, I would say though, um, so if you like Madsen, and you like uh, being nice, which we all like being nice. The big psychobilly festival in Spain is actually running a selection on their web store, which is um, promoting bands who have asked for financial help in the pandemic. So if you go to psychobillystore.com and click on their like COVID support, uh, Madsen are looking for financial help in the oh, pandemic. Yes. So Okay. I bought a t-shirt today that I can wear around since I've just lost all veneer of professionalism <laughs> these days. Uh, if you like Madsen, obviously the other band I was going to talk about were Tiger Army, who I love more than some members of my immediate family, uh, or Social Distortion, who, again, if it was some members of my family or Social Distortion, like... No shade of my family. I just really love social distortion. Um, I would also recommend you listen to those. Um, I did. My therapist once asked me uh, what are some good things in my life, and I said there's a new social distortion record coming out. And they she related very, to that, I'm sure. <laughs> she looked deeply, deeply confused, and I was like, "But you don't like social distortion enough, do you?" Which just it was very, very unexpected for her. Uh, if you like Madsen, yeah, check out Social Distortion, Tiger Army. I, I, I absolutely do like Madsen. What I will say, though, is um, part of the thing about being punk was um, you can like any music and it's fine. Like, yeah, there are a lot of problems with the community. It's mostly white, mostly male-dominated. Um, things are changing, but not especially quickly. <laughs> But it is totally fine to like anything you want. Um, I would say top shows I've been to of all time would be uh, Joe Strummer from The Clash, Solo, Nick Cave, Brian Wilson from The Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know that you're you're not just into into punk. I think that's also why I really wanted you to, to come. I mean, we've yeah. gone everywhere from from talking about punk. But yeah, with with Mad Sin. I, I like how they went everywhere. I'm looking through to see what songs we haven't discussed. There's, I mean, Communication Breakdown, uh, I was expecting a Led Zeppelin cover, and that's, I, I got a speed guitar slash double bass contest, which I really enjoyed. Delirium, I, I didn't like it at the beginning, but it, it grew on me. Uh, what else haven't we talked about? Wreck House Stomp. You know, that was yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I definitely feel like I, my knowledge of Psycho Biddy was. It's a psychobilly freakout by the Reverend Horton Heat. Oh yeah, which I played over and over again on Guitar Hero, and that was it. Um, so I, I feel, I feel, yeah, enthusiastic about it. I feel that it's an area of punk that I'm, I very much want to explore further. Yeah. How about you, Fran? Speaking of Guitar Hero, I did uh, read in my research <laughs> that the Sex Pistols re-recorded Anakin UK for that game. Really? They, they couldn't find the uh, masters. So the uh, yeah, seriously. So fifteen years ago, the four members were recording Anakin UK just for Guitar Hero. Wow! There you go, and I'm sure they made good money from it. 
would say it tells you something about the Sex Pistols output when um uh, how co- cool 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 is this and the uh, anniversary of the Crystal Palace in South London 1851 great exhibition mo- monument to Victorian England uh, at the anniversary of the Crystal Palace the Sex Pistols played a concert and did their entire back catalogue in one night really when was yeah. that what year oh my god like ages ago because oh they used to have a concert series at Crystal Palace in London uh, and then like it was good for the first couple of years and now it's like UB40 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but Fran so how do you feel about Psychobilly I mean I was kind of aware of the genre because Mm. um, a couple of people I used to work with were in that sort of like sort of bands Um, but yeah like I was expecting it to be far more punk heavy and they've got a a much diverse sound than I was expecting apart from his vocal you wouldn't know that was like a a punk band you just recall them you know a country band or like a rock band and they had those influences i hate to say it but um the german word i cannot pronounce the second from last single totzgesser uh yeah i was like thinking that the guitar line was a bit like the edge i'm sorry to say that that is the correct thing to say because kate loves you too really i think similar sound i saw you I saw you two in a car park. No, not not just walking past. I saw them play a show in a car park. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, back in the, it was the BBC Centre car oh, yeah, park yeah, yeah, when yeah, they yeah. used to do like live stuff the there. Cold as well, I think. And and I had a mate who um somehow got us wristbands. So I was like, I'll see you two in a car park. <laughs> I thought I was going to offend the hell out of you by mentioning you two. No, no, no. Like, honestly, my favourite, I dress quite punk. My favourite genre is psychobilly, uh, folk punk, punk rock. But um, to be honest, like, I I do like a bit of everything. I have, my poor partner has been dealing with my George Harrison karaoke around the <laughs> kitchen recently. Not what I expected to come third in that sentence. <laughs> George Harrison karaoke, like, he does not, he does not appreciate I've got my mindset on you. Are we including the travelling Wilburys as well to that? Yeah. Of course, of course. Oh, Roy Orbison? Yeah. The best supergroup of all time is the travelling Wilburys. Like, if, um, this is the thing, like, Roy Orbison, Johnny Cash, um, all of these, like, gorgeously voiced men who'd be 500 years old today, um, Elvis, it's perfectly cool to like those in the world of Psychobilly, so... I'm just like but you too maybe not so much <laughs> I don't know if anyone's allowed I don't know if you two are allowed to like you two I, mean, to I be think honest. you two may have even called themselves punks back in 1977 oh they did they did actually um their first album's all right though have you seen the punk documentary called the decline of western civilization no I haven't it is directed by the director of Wayne's World and in 1981 she followed um, loads of American punk bands in LA, including the early formation of Black Flag. It's one of the best documentaries of music of all time. I would say, actually, if you want quite sad punk documentary, I will check that out because that looks really, really good. The one I saw that was really good was The F Word mm. about punks who are dads. <laughs> really? 
no uh the singer from the u.s bombs uh lost his son to drugs um the guy from pennywise has to be like away from his family the whole time mm-hmm. this is when fat mike from no effects was with his ex so he like takes his daughter to school while in a latex dress <laughs> fat mike likes wearing ladies clothes and stuff like that it gets really fascinating but also you get to see some cool music yeah i wish i had a punk documentary to recommend all that's coming to mind is the metal documentary anvil about the band uh which is also kind of similarly sort of yeah about the real world real life but yeah from from my side I agree with you that Manson, Mad Sin are underrated and I think more people should check them out even if you are psychobilly sceptic, if that's a term. Mm. I recommend it. What do you think, Fran? I agree that Manson are underrated too. But, um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't say Mad Sin into your Alexa or they play Manson. Uh, I'm, I'm all aboard that. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite bands. <laughs> bands, so there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, Madsen were better than I expected. I thought they're going to be the sort of band who rely on their stage persona rather than their music. But none of the songs I skipped. This is always a good a good yeah. thing. And yeah, I'll listen to them again. Oh my God, what? we agreed. What the hell is this? <laughs> it's okay. Your work is absolutely done here. <laughs> like, the well done. power of love <laughs> and Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, before I hand over to you, Kate, to plug yourself, uh, I want to plug our radio show one-off that we did which is still up on Mixcloud so if you like Kate and I talking we recorded a one-off special of our Trivial Rebellion radio show for the University of Warwick radio station's 50th anniversary and I will put that in the show notes where we do a final punk versus indie showdown but Kate tell me tell me tell us more about your podcast where we should listen anything you'd like to plug all right if um I sound like someone whose work you like uh straight talking english.co.uk is my website you can listen to my podcast on many many different forms of podcast outlets a lot of which i can't remember signing up to um it's called straight talking english i've been doing it for two years the anniversary spectacular of um interviews with writers is coming out in february and we're just about to start the season on in spectacles uh i've written some books um some of them are quite good one woman on uh, Amazon said it was an absolute sham and I should feel ashamed of myself (laughs) but what can I say except how many sales has she got bitch so uh, if you like the sound of me and what I do uh, there's a whole series called the full context they're available on Amazon Uh, you can look up get them on my website forward slash books like I said one woman told me to be ashamed of myself I don't feel ashamed of myself that's basically what i do in lockdown and it is an absolute absolute pleasure to be invited on this fine podcast i'm on twitter as well as cr8 talk english and i basically just just post really jokes and then old people shout at me so it's pretty punk in it thank you for being on board thank you for being our first guest and i hope this wasn't a horrible ride we love music apparently oh my god a little bit yeah. who'd have thunk it <laughs> Do you have anything to plug, Fran? Because I feel like I plugged Kate Plug. Yeah. I, do you have I projects? I, I do nothing with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just be great to each other, guys, and uh, listen to more music. Good. I think we could all get on board with that sentiment. Ooh. So on that note, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
That's it for another episode of Over Underrated. We really enjoyed recording with Kate and we'd love to have more guests on in the future to mix it up a bit and, you know, so we hurt other people's feelings instead of just mine and friends. So if there's someone you'd like to hear on our podcast, if you'd like to put yourself forward or suggest another theme, you can get in touch. Email us over underratedmusicpod at gmail.com. Tweet us, OUMusicPod, or DM us on Instagram, or tag us, or do whatever it is that you do on Instagram. It's over underrated music pod on there. I hope you're getting through lockdown, if there is one where you are. Downloading, subscribing, all the usual things, but always a big help, as is writing. So the more you do that, the more of these we can produce. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.